0: You are listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. Welcome, everybody, to the CCB GTT weekly uh, call presentation call, um, and we're very excited to have Chris Danielson with us today. So, Chris Danielson is the director of public relations for the National Federation of the Blind (NFB). Um, This organization is founded in 1940 and is the largest blindness organization in the United States, and Chris is going to talk to us about the upcoming national convention of the NFB, uh, which everyone can participate in online. Um, He sent me the link, which we will put up on this week's blog announcement, but it's NFB. Dot org slash convention. So I'm saying that here for the for the podcast, which we will be putting up after this presentation as well. So I really want to welcome you to Canada virtually, Chris, and uh, so uh, pleased that I know that you're coming up to a very busy time, but pleased that you could give us some time today to um, talk to us about uh, the convention and about the NFC.
1: Thank you, Kim, and, and thank you uh, to all of you for giving the, the National Federation of the Blind the opportunity uh, to come and tell you a little bit about our convention. Um, I, uh, so just a little bit more about the National Federation of the Blind. We are a U.S. organization. Um, uh, we were founded in 1940, uh, so we're over 80 years old now. And um, we are a federation in that um, uh, the the organization was originally founded by uh, sixteen individuals from seven states. Um, and the idea at the time was that there were organizations of blind people in the United States. <clears throat> but the but those organizations didn't have much power because they were state-based or locally based. And to the extent that they could make change at all, it was only at that state level. And because there were national issues affecting blind people, including um, there not being adequate social security benefits in the then new social security system, uh, and there being other national issues that needed to be dealt with, um, some visionaries uh, from Uh, The state of California, Newell Perry and one of his students, Jacobus Tenbrook, who was originally from Canada, by the way, um, uh, and moved to California when he was a boy. His family moved to California uh, because he was blinded in an accident and he uh, there were not educational opportunities for him in Canada at the time. He lived in Alberta in a rural part of Alberta. Uh, and there was just not really a chance that he was going to become educated. And so uh, his family moved to California, and he attended the California School for the Blind, which at that time uh, was one of the best in the country. And he was mentored there by one of the teachers uh, who was a man named Dr. Newell Perry. Um, So Jacobus Tenbrook, having studied the way that... uh, Newell Perry had organized blind Californians and created the California Council of the Blind. He decided that uh, it would be a good idea to have a national organization of blind people, and he got a group together to do this. and They met uh, in Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania, um, and they um, the hotel where they met is still standing and has a commemorative plaque about the inaugural meeting of the National Federation of the Blind being there. Um, and it, uh, when they met, they formed the National Federation of the Blind. And again, the idea was to unite all of these different organizations of blind people. And over time, uh, from that big, humble beginning in 1940, with only seven states being members, charter members, uh, the Federation has grown to have affiliates in all 50 of the United States, as well as the District of Columbia, which is, of course, not a state, and the territory of Puerto Rico. Um, and so we have 52 affiliates uh, from across the United States and its uh, and its territories. And so uh, although we have a national organization, um, we... Uh, Our affiliates are actually independent organizations organized at the state level and then into local chapters. And so all of those entities have the power to make uh, their own decisions as long as those decisions do not conflict with our national policies. Well, how do we make national policies? Well, that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, actually, that we have a national convention. Uh, just like the, uh, just like any other organization that's that large and organized at that many levels, like the U.S. political parties, uh, we need to have at least one uh, annual meeting uh, in order to uh, coordinate and in order to set national policy for the organization. So that's one of the things um, that happens at the national convention. In fact. Our Constitution says that the National Convention, uh, it, when it is assembled, is the supreme governing authority of the National Federation of the Blind. So the decisions that are made uh, by votes at the National Convention are, uh, are binding on the entire organization and they direct our actions uh, that we're going to take. Um, so if you participate in our convention, you'll notice that at one part of the convention, what we do is we pass resolutions, um, and resolutions are statements of policy that are drafted by different individuals. Uh, they are approved by a committee, uh, that is made up of a representative, uh, sampling of people from the various affiliates. And then they are brought, if the committee approves them, they are brought to the convention floor and the convention gets an up or down vote on the resolution. So this is how we determine what, uh, what priorities we are going to work on, what companies we think are doing good things for blind people and, and not so good, uh, what, uh, what policies we think our government at the national level Needs to adopt in order to uh, have more effective policy for blind people um, and and those types of things. Um, so those that's what our resolutions process is for. Also, we have elections as part of our convention. We have a uh, we have five executive officers and a twelve member board of directors, and every other year uh, part of that board of directors is elected. Uh, and so, uh, every, uh, even numbered year, our president and executive officers along with uh, a segment of the board are elected. And then in the off year, in the odd year, uh, the rest of our board members are elected and they serve two year terms until their, uh, until their election comes up again. Um, But there are no term limits. So uh, our officers can serve consecutive terms until they step down or until such time as the convention decides that it needs to elect uh, new officers. Um, So that's why our current president, Mark Riccobono, has been serving as president since 2014. Um, and why our, his predecessor, Dr. Mark Maurer, was able to serve for 28 years from 1986 to 2014. Um, so it is, it is a process that the, the, the officers actually do stand for election every two years. Um, but because we believe in continuity of leadership, we don't always change our officers every two years. Um, it's just, uh, we have the ability to do that, but we don't have term limits and, uh, we, we have the ability to have uh, continuity of, of, leadership. So those are the two big decisions that the convention makes. It does make other decisions. Um, uh, and more important, well, as important as that, um, and certainly for, for, folks like yourselves who are from outside the United States and are therefore not uh, members of the National Federation of the Blind as such. Um, It also is the largest gathering of blind people that takes place anywhere in the world uh, every year. Um, We don't know of any gathering that is larger and that includes the big technology conferences. So, uh, so typically, uh, I was saying before everybody came on that typically when we have had, been able to have in-person conventions, uh, we have had between 2,500 and 3,000 people and sometimes over 3,000 people. The highest uh, has been over 3,300 in my memory. Um, and this is, we gather in a different city every year. Um, and, uh, we, you know, uh, acquire rent convention space like any other organization would do. Uh, and that is where we have our convention. Our last in-person convention was in Las Vegas in 2019. It was the first time that we had ever had a convention in Las Vegas. Um, and we had it at the, uh, Mandalay Bay, um, resort there in Las Vegas. And that was quite an experience. Um, particularly since we all had to resist temptation and walk through the casino to get to the convention facilities. Um, So that was a lot of fun. Um, Anyway, uh, last year, our convention was to be in Houston, Texas. Um, But uh, because of COVID-19, we decided to have a virtual convention. And we did put on a successful virtual convention. And because the convention was virtual, we were able to allow everyone to register for the convention for free. There were no fees involved with attending the convention because our costs to put it on were reduced. Um, And we uh, gathered um, over 5,000 registrants and we had over 10,000 people Uh, from around the world, participating at the convention at different times. Um, Because our convention has over, uh, really over 200 different meetings. Um, And the reason is because um, our convention not only consists of the uh, two and a half or three days of what we call general sessions, which are the gatherings of the entire convention. Some conferences call that a plenary session. We call it a general session. Um, But for two and a half to three days before that, we have uh, separate meetings uh, that are part of the convention. Those meetings are of uh, the various committees of the National Federation of the Blind, the various divisions of the National Federation of the Blind. Uh, Divisions are groups of blind people that are organized by special interests or by professions so for example, there is a National Association of Blind Students. There is a, uh, an NFB Lawyers Division. There is an NFB Office Workers Division. There's a, uh, our, our Division of Guide Dog Users, which is the National Association of Guide Dog Users, NAGDU. Um, and so all of those uh, entities meet. Uh, we also have a meeting for rehabilitation professionals and a conference Uh, a sort of sub-conference that is done by the National Organization of Parents of Blind Children, uh, which is one of our most active divisions, um, and which provides support to families who have blind children. Um, And they have workshops on on how to be advocates for their blind children, how to make sure that uh, those blind children are getting the services that they need Uh, and the resources, and and they're able to network with other parents and professionals in the blindness field uh, in order to to help these families. So um, there are literally hundreds of meetings that are part of our convention. Um, We also have an exhibit hall that is open in the time prior to the uh, general sessions, And that is uh, the place where vendors, the the various technology vendors, uh, some of which are doubtless familiar with like Humanware and Freedom Scientific and American Printing House for the Blind and and all of those uh, can come. And and a lot of times we have less less familiar entities participating in the convention, but they have uh, products or services that they think will be of interest uh, to blind people. Um, and also usually our, our affiliates and chapters have an opportunity to be exhibitors as well. And to, uh, use that opportunity to sell things to the convention attendees and, uh, uh, fundraise in that way, because remember all of the affiliates are individual entities. So they have to raise their own funds and they, um, uh, and they do donate um, uh, part of those funds to the national office, but the rest they are able to keep for themselves for their own uh, programs and initiatives. So uh, so that's really what happens as part of a convention. Um, it's really hard to give you a flavor of it in a short amount of time. But the good news for all of you is that once again, it is virtual this year and it is free for you to attend. That is completely free, zero dollars and zero cents, um, whether that's US dollars or Canadian dollars. Um, There is no cost to participate in our convention. How do you participate? Well, you can register for the convention. Um, You don't have to, but we encourage it because uh, although you will not be able to vote uh, in the convention at this point, uh, you will um, be eligible for door prizes, which is always a big part of convention. Um, door prizes are, you know, just prizes that we give away for everybody who has come uh, to the convention. Um, and, and in that respect, it doesn't matter whether you're a member or not. We, we do have visitors from all over the world at our conventions, even when they are in person. Um, And that's because uh, we are one of the most powerful organizations of blind people in the world. And we are also a member of the World Blind Union, um, uh, which uh, most of you will be familiar with. And so representation from the countries of the World Blind Union and and so forth uh, often comes to our convention. Um, So uh, you are welcome. And it is free, and if you register, you will get emails previewing the convention, and you will be eligible for door prizes. Even if you do not register, however, uh, all of our convention agenda is posted online at the website that Kim gave you earlier, nfb.org slash convention. Or you can actually, you can just go to nfb.org, and it's right there on on our homepage uh nfb stands for national federation of the blind of course um so it's just the acronym nfb.org and you can uh link to that page you can find out everything that you want to know about the convention and you can access uh the agenda in several formats um and you can then um the agenda includes the links to the zoom sessions that will be part of the convention, so any meeting that you are interested in, um, uh, you can uh, just use the Zoom link to participate in that meeting when it's happening. So, uh, and that includes the general sessions of the convention. You will also be able to, if you don't have access to Zoom, we do have a skill for the Amazon devices. Um, So you can ask, uh, the A-Lady, as some people call her, to open the nation's blind uh, skill. Um, and you will be able to listen to a stream of our uh, our Board of Directors meeting, which is, in effect, the first general session of the convention and all the general sessions of the convention and our banquet. Um, so we will have a virtual banquet. Uh We normally have a big banquet to uh, close the convention, Um, uh, and uh, we are doing that this year. We are encouraging people to have banquet parties uh, so that they can have a meal together and listen to the convention at which our president, Mark Riccobono, will give his keynote address, and that's always a uh, a big highlight of our convention, and we also present our, our 30 scholarships and other awards as part of the, uh, as part of the banquet. Um, so uh, that's basically it. Um, we have arranged the convention so that it will be convenient for everybody in any time zone. So our general sessions, normally our first one will start at seven o'clock in the evening, I believe, on uh, Thursday, J- July 8th. Uh, that's seven o'clock Eastern time. Uh, and you can uh, figure out your own time zone from there. Um, and then most of the general sessions will be afternoon and evening sessions from that point on. So there will not be uh, general sessions in the morning because of our, you know, our friends in Hawaii, we did not want them getting up at four o'clock in the morning to um, participate in the convention. So. Um, but there will be other meetings at different times uh, during the day, and there will be times when the exhibit hall is open. So um, so I urge everybody to visit nfb.org convention. Uh, you can find out anything that I haven't told you there, because um, I can't even begin to describe everything that happens at a convention, even though I've now been to 29 of them. Um, so, uh, it's, there's a lot that goes on, uh, and, um, even virtually there will be a lot that goes on and we hope all of you will participate because the issues that we're dealing with in our convention are really the issues that blind people all over the world are dealing with. And one of the things that we are committed to as an organization as well is to try to show other organizations in other countries how to organize and how to be an effective advocacy organization of blind people. Um, so we feel like there's a lot to be gained by people from all over the world by uh, attending our convention. And of course, we will have presentations not only from U.S. politicians, but from companies uh, with products uh, that support blind people, uh, from uh, uh, from different entities that uh like the National Library service that provide uh books to blind people um and uh, on our uh general session agenda, you can get a good flavor of all of the presentations that we will have uh as part of the convention um and um and again, don't forget the exhibit hall if you do nothing else, you can visit vendors in the exhibit hall. you can visit them virtually. And uh, they will talk to you, and some of them will even be happy to take you into a separate private Zoom room and sell you their products if you have uh, an inclination to, um, to buy something that you, uh, that you fancy, a new piece of technology or what have you. Um, also, if you register for the convention, you will get an invitation to use our convention app. We are for the second year in a row um, working with a company called Crowd Compass, um, and what Crowd Compass does is it sets up um, a essentially a, a virtual platform for you to attend the convention. And the cool thing about it that is that you can then use your smartphone, um, and you can go through the convention schedule. Uh, you can pick the meetings that you want and. Uh, to attend and add them to your calendar. And then each day this app will present you uh, a calendar of your own events that you have selected. Um, And that way you can make sure that you get to all the stuff that you wanted to get to. And from that app, you will also be able to access the virtual exhibit hall, and you'll be able to see all of the exhibitors and pick the ones that you want to virtually visit. Um, So it's a really cool app. Everybody really enjoyed using it last year. I think it's one of those things that we're probably going to continue using even when we're uh, in person again, because it's just such a handy way to keep your own uh, calendar, your own diary, and your own list of events that you want to attend. And you can also uh, see who else is attending the convention uh, so see if any of your friends are at the convention and you can connect with them uh, through the app as well. So lots of cool things that you can do with the Crowd Compass app. It's a dedicated app. It will probably show up in the app store as uh, NFB convention or 2021 convention or something like that. But uh, again, if you register for the convention, which is free, 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 can't get any better than free, right? um you will uh get an invitation to sign into that to download that app and to sign into it and create your account so that you can uh virtually participate in the convention right from your smartphone or from your desktop um so there you go uh we were trying to make this as easy as possible uh for everybody to participate uh and i mentioned our uh, alexa skill and we also uh, will be on youtube um we have a a channel called the nation's blind um and we will be broadcasting the not all of the meetings but the general uh, convention sessions on youtube as well um so you can sit at home and watch them on your uh on your television uh or your computer if you would like to uh it won't be quite as interactive but it will still be uh something that you can do to participate in the convention if you uh, don't want to uh, sign into Zoom. So um, uh, well, what else was I forgetting to mention? Um, so yeah, there, there's all of those ways to participate in the convention. Um, and again, if you register uh, for the convention, you will get all the advance information about what's going to happen and, uh, Um, other ways to access the convention. Uh, uh, We've tried to make it accessible to everybody, including by telephone. Uh, So uh, there are ways that you can get involved and uh, we are happy to have as many people as possible attend our convention. Um, And uh, I'm kind of running out of steam. That was a lot to cover. Chris, a very helpful presentation. Uh, I have a question that maybe takes us a little bit into the
2: membership possibility. On Monday, I had trouble uh, dealing with the website, and I left a message. Can you talk briefly about membership? I was looking at membership at large. Is that a possibility for Canadians?
1: I believe it is. Um, uh, you know, uh, all that really does is get you uh, is you know. Uh, Gets you gets you in our database as a supporter of the organization, so the benefits are not um, not quite as uh, robust as they would be if you were uh, a member living in the United States. But I believe that it is possible for you to join. Uh, I'm not totally sure Um, if you're having yeah.
2: The newsletter would certainly be attractive.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we we send out a lot. We send out a ton of emails. Uh, uh, you know, more and more every, every, uh, every week, it seems like particularly since we've gotten our, uh, particularly since we've gotten our content, uh, our customer relationship management system up. Um, So uh, you can do that um, on our, if you're having trouble with the website, uh, then um, you can uh, call our office for support. I'll give you the number. Um, It's, um, 410-659-9314. And if you want to talk to me in particular, uh, I mean, my my primary job is public relations, so I'm not always available. Um, But you can reach me at uh, extension 2330. um, And I'll be happy to give you some help. There's also a general information mailbox where you can leave Uh, a message you can also send an email to nfb at nfb.org so if you're having trouble uh, with our website in any way uh, we can probably help you to get uh, signed up Um, and keep in mind you can uh, you can register for the convention itself although you can join as an at-large member that at this point will not get you any voting privileges at the convention I don't think it does anyway uh, I understand uh, that. Yeah. Uh, right. But but you uh, you can still register for the convention without even being an, an at large member. And it will be in effect as if you were uh, an at large member, at least for the time of the convention. But if you have trouble with that sign up process, um, there's also one of my colleagues, Christina Jones, uh, handles our memberships. Uh, I forget. Or Christina's extension. I think it's. I think it may be two four oh one. But you can also search for her in our in our directory. You know that her last name is Jones. It's an easy name to spell. Um, and she can help you with any membership questions you might have.
2: Thank you very much, Chris. Your extension was two three three zero.
1: That's correct.
3: Thank you very much. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much. That was a great presentation. I have been an at large member for many years with NFB so um yeah every every time I sign up every year I end up with problems with the website and I'm not sure why but um it's
1: That's a big website we'll we'll, we'll 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 definitely work on that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, but I've always finally been able to join up and I've also worked with Nagdu quite a bit. So right. Uh, the organization wherever wherever i call to people um at the local groups or i've always had a really good response and it's a very friendly group and i was went to my first convention at in vegas um, because it's so close to where i live in bc and um you're right there's never i mean it was the most unbelievable feeling of being with that many blind and low vision people and the amount of canes that i heard snap through the whole (laughs) through the convention was unbelievable
1: (laughs) there there is a reason that we sell canes at the in-person convention and part of it is that it is almost inevitable that people will get their canes broken uh at a convention um that's uh, I've, I've had it happen multiple times. <laughs> so
3: It was, yeah, well, it was the coolest thing to hear it. And people laugh and, and it's just the one thing that I missed last year on the virtual one that I've really enjoyed. And I think you'll know what I'm talking about is the, um, where the, the law group does a reenactment of a case.
4: Oh, and the mock
3: trial. Yes. The mock trial. I, I was crying. I was laughing so hard through the whole thing because they so funny how they present themselves. And I was hoping they would do it this year. Are they going to try to do it on Zoom?
1: I believe there is going to be one this year. Um, I, I don't know for sure, but uh, the convention agenda will let you know for sure. But I believe there will be a mock trial.
3: Maybe you could explain what goes on at those, because I, I it was right. really
1: good. So one of the things we do at the uh, at the National Federation of the Blind is we we do some legal advocacy. Um, uh, we uh, uh, bring cases to uh, increase accessibility uh, to fight discrimination uh and uh and every year our blind lawyers division presents a mock trial which is a eh, it's a reenactment of an issue uh that we have tried a case on now it's usually kind of a you know uh, to be honest it's kind of a as as heather pointed out it's kind of a satirical uh funny uh reenactment uh, court cases, believe it or not, I used to be a lawyer, court cases are usually not very exciting, uh, but we try to make this a lot of fun uh, while at the same time, uh, you know, examining some of the issues that we've uh, that we've worked on over the years uh, as part of our as part of our legal work. So that's what the mock trial is. And it, it, it's always a lot of fun. It's usually super popular. Um, people love it, um, and uh, so if if we're having one this year, I think we are. Um, that's a really fun thing to participate in.
2: Let's get out of the political arena. Who wants to be in there anyway? Uh, oh, I'll I'll turn the <laughs> ship around <laughs> to save everybody's. Um, your your presentation was excellent. Thank you for for doing this again. Um, the even though one is not a, a um, eligible to vote. You know, your comment about the issues, concerns that we all face experience no boundaries. So, I mean, issues are issues are issues. And I think particularly in North America, you know, we have been blessed to have benefited from a great deal of work that the nfb has done throughout the years and and hopefully uh you know we can turn that around to some degree and 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 you folks can from some of our advocacy work so i think sort of we're all in this together and i think that's the importance of of being a participant at an event like this i think for for the most part uh you know things like like technology and and access to technology. That's universal. I mean, we we all struggle with the same concerns and such. So I think it's. Uh, I encourage anyone and everyone to attend this event. It's it's well worth it. Um, two other little points here. The uh, the a lady skill you suggested might not work here in Canada. Unfortunately, there are some some differences. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I, I, it might. Uh, you know, it's worth a try, but it it might not because some of some of the things that. Uh, that you folks are able to do, we are not. And the last comment is in regards to the exhibition hall. Um, that is really worth the time and energy too, because outside of the fact that yes, you can you can make inquiries and you can make purchases and such, you often are talking with and dealing with the the shakers and movers and developers and 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 the accessibility people. From these various companies, so if you've ever wanted to provide some input or have some concerns or whatever, that is a, a an excellent opportunity to get in there and talk to the folks that that make the decisions and make the policies and 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 have a direct impact into the accessibility features of of products and services. So again, I'm I'm giving this a five thumbs up. Uh, be there, be square. I will be there. And um, again, the. Thanks for, for presenting today.
1: Um, thank you, Corey. I really, I really appreciate the enthusiasm. Um, uh, you know, it's always, it's always gratifying to see that our work has an impact and, and of course it does. I mean, with respect to technology, um, that affects everybody worldwide and the improvements of, in technology and the improvements in web accessibility that we've been able to advance um, really do affect blind people on a global scale. And that's really what we're about. And although we can't be in every country, um, we we have um, uh, you know we have spun off organizations like us in other countries, uh, like your organization there in Canada, like the uh, the National Federation of the Blind in the UK, which has been very active in um, preventing really dangerous ideas about shared space spaces and e scooters and. Uh, crazy stuff like that from taking off in the UK. So uh, it really has a, a global impact. And we uh, are, are not a worldwide organization, but we try to work with our, our blind uh, colleagues from across the world as we can. And that's why uh, we, are, we are a member of the World Blind Union. We, we have actually hosted a general assembly of the World Blind Union. Uh, in, in Orlando a few years ago in 2016. Um, and uh, we really try hard to make an impact in ways that, that benefit uh, blind people everywhere. Uh, while at the same time, remembering that we are primarily an organization of blind uh, U.S. Uh, residents, um, but we do not discriminate based on citizenship. Um, that's important to point out and we uh, are or, or on any other characteristic for that matter. Um, and we, are, we really make an effort to be a voice for all blind people. And what you said is absolutely true. Uh, we often have the, the, uh, the leaders of companies that are, are advancing innovations for the blind. I, I know just from my brief uh, chance to look at the agenda, we have the, um, the CEO of Good Maps, uh, on our uh, convention agenda this year, some of you may be using the Big Maps Explorer app, um, and uh, we've we had uh, I, I I talked last year in our exhibit hall with the gentleman from uh, somewhere in Eastern Europe, I think it was, that developed a uh, cash reader. Um, so uh, so we very often have. Um, the movers and shakers, as, as Corey said, that are really, uh, making the innovations on the ground. And, and the great thing about that is that that gives you, uh, an opportunity to give them feedback, both good and bad, um, and, uh, and, uh, share what, what they can do to improve their products or why you think their products are, are so wonderful and uh, usually at the convention, I find out at least uh, about at least one product uh, that I didn't know about before um, or one uh, technology solution or one service or one, uh, one piece of this giant, uh, um, what one of my mentors in the Federation used to call this big program of serving the blind. I, I always find out about one, one thing that I, at least one thing that I didn't know. Uh, one of our presenters last year was the head of accessibility at, uh, uh, well, he was the chief content officer, but that includes accessibility at Netflix. And he talked about, uh, audio description and their efforts to make sure that, uh, they have as much audio described content in as many languages, uh, to serve blind people all over the world. So, uh, Really, uh, it, it, we do get uh, a lot of participation from really big players uh, in, this, in this space. Um, and the great thing is that not only do we listen to them, but we, being a consumer organization of blind people, we hold them accountable and talk to them about what they can be doing and should be doing to improve their products and services and to work collaboratively with us as blind people so that their offerings are as good as they can be.
4: Thank you very much for your presentation, Chris. I have a question that concerns people across the 49th parallel to and around the world. I realize the United States is moving towards electric vehicles. And I was wondering what is the NFB doing or how is the advocacy around these unannounced vehicles that hinder and has caused discomfort, has caused accidents, people being hurt by um, not hearing these electric cars that Elon Musk is pushing through across the United States and even the electric vehicles here in Canada is being pushed upon citizens to purchase, not blind people, of course, not yet. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. I, was wonder- I was wondering, what is the NFB doing about the advocacy around these noiseless killing machines?
1: We actually got a law cla- passed in the United States um, called the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act, and the regulations pursuant to that law just started going into effect here in the United States. So starting with the either this model year or the 2022 model year, uh, auto manufacturers who are manufacturing hybrid and electric vehicles... Uh, whether they be cars or light trucks, and it only covers cars and light trucks uh, at this time, um, light trucks being the, you know, your pickups, your, uh, your uh, you know, uh, SUVs. Uh, at, at any rate, they, uh, they must make a safe, uh, what the law defines as a safe level of sound Uh, which means that they must emit sound at a certain decibel level when they are traveling at low speeds, which is when they are the most dangerous, because uh, at at higher speeds, you have tire noise and wind resistance that also create sound. And this has all been scientifically tested um, by our National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Uh, We do hope that that has an impact across the parallel. It is true that uh, some companies make uh, different car models for uh, different countries. But uh, at the same time, there is a European regulation coming into force as well. Uh, and there is the U.S. regulation. And the idea is that it's generally going to be cheaper for, um, uh, for manufacturers to add sound that, is, that meets as many regulatory uh, schemes as possible. So hopefully that has a good impact across uh for for you our friends up north there uh as well um, but it is the law in the United States that they have to uh add these artificial sounds to their um to their vehicles.
0: very mindful of your time, Chris, knowing that with just in a few short weeks you'll be running around doing everything for the convention so. I really, really appreciate you. We really appreciate you coming on our call at this time and helping us get a flavor for the convention. And I'm very excited that it's, it's coming up and that it's virtual again. And um, I hope that many of us will co- go to it virtually and that eventually um, many of us will take the trip uh, to wherever it is. <laughs> New Orleans,
1: New Orleans in 2022. Uh, And our borders
0: are hopefully all open and we can do that.
1: (laughs) Yes, we hope you can come join us in New Orleans. New Orleans is one of the best cities ever to have a convention. It is where I went to my very first NFB convention. So uh, I'm excited about New Orleans next year. Yeah, and we thank you
0: so much for everything you do and and for coming on our call taking this time in your busy busy time to come on the call with us today
1: it was my pleasure it's such a pleasure to to meet all of you and and uh, to share what we do and and to hear your ideas and concerns as well and uh we will uh i hope that we can continue to uh uh that i can continue to be uh, a part of uh of, uh, some, of your, uh, some of your work and that we as an organization can be part of, our, uh, of, of the work and that our organizations will have opportunities to work together.
0: Thank you for listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. There are many ways to get in touch with us. You can call us toll free at 1-877-304-0968. You can follow our GTT blog at gttprogram.blog. If you'd like to subscribe to our email support list, you can send a blank email to gttsupport plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And you can follow the Canadian Council of the Blind on the web at ccbnational.blog.